Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode. Great to have you here and I am really enjoying this. Today I'm going to be focusing on moving to the United Kingdom, what you need to know. I am not a lawyer, so I cannot give you legal advice on what visa to get and how to get a visa, but I'm going to try and give you as much practical information as I possibly can. And if I can make any comparisons between Germany and Spain and England, because I am currently living in Germany and I lived in Spain for a number of years before that. So I think it gives me the opportunity to compare the situations. Comment below or share your thoughts with me with regard to whether it is similar or different in your country. Um, and I would love to get a lawyer or someone with legal knowledge to do a podcast with me and to really give you some proper, proper knowledge on this topic. But for the moment, we can go through some really important things. Obviously, now that Brexit has happened and England is not part of the European Union, for all of you Europeans, you need a visa. And for other countries, you need a visa as well. That could be a student visa, that could be a work visa, that could be a startup visa, and that could be a family visa. There might be other visas. Those are the four most common ones that I am aware of. There are strict conditions that must be fulfilled for each type of visa, but you can find all the details regarding the application process available on the official government website. So that is your place to start and to familiarize yourself with which visa will work best for you. Now, once you're there, you're going to need to set up a UK bank account, aren't you? This is a wise move for newcomers to the country because you can find very hefty transaction fees if you use foreign debit or credit cards in the UK. So having a local bank account can be essential for setting up bill payments and also receiving your salary once you get a job in the UK. You can pop in to any local branch of any bank, whether that is Lloyd's TSB, Halifax, NatWest, HSBC, etc. The list goes on. Um, you can go through the bank's website or even use the bank's mobile app in many cases. Bear in mind, though, that you will need to verify your identity using certain documents, such as maybe a valid passport, a UK driving license, a biometric residence permit. And you'll also usually have to provide proof of your UK address. That is a little bit of a catch-22 because... In many places, you need a bank account to get a property, but then you need a property to get a bank account. But uh, there is always a way around this. I am no expert, but I'm sure uh, you can find a solution. Uh, commonly accepted documents to prove your address can include something like a recent utility bill, a council tax bill, a tenancy agreement from a local council, solicitor or reputable agency. Um, and also a benefits entitlement letter. Obviously, the exact requirements do vary from bank to bank, so it's important to be clear on those specific requirements before applying for an account. But that is an important one to do. Uh, in Germany, I found that to be relatively easy setting up a bank online with a neobank, a bank that was solely online. When I went to one of the classic banks in the high street, I found that to be much more complicated, full of paperwork, um, and was not an enjoyable experience. In Spain, I would say somewhat similar. There is a lot of bureaucracy, there are a lot of 
hoops and to jump through and you know hurdles to overcome but I think this is quite similar in most countries the online banks are definitely much more fluid and easy to go through uh, but you need to see what bank works for you what they're offering and what you're looking for next point is healthcare as you know the NHS the national healthcare system is primarily free it is free for everybody who is legally residing or residing in the country. And that is an incredibly beautiful thing. Um, I believe that the NHS was formed or created in, don't quote me on this, but maybe 1948, around the World War II time. Um, and this has been a godsend. It has been beautiful and something that we do not take for granted. It has been coming under much more strain in recent years and there have been a lot of talks about privatization or what is going to happen to it but for the moment it is still free. I do believe though that there is some sort of surcharge which is mandatory to kind of sign up and put yourself into the NHS. I can't tell you exactly how much that will be. Uh, it obviously depends on your situation and your visa and your age but it could be 400 to 600 pounds. Um, that might even be per year. But if you need to go to the doctor, if you need to go to the hospital, if you need to have surgery, then all of that is free of charge. Regarding prescriptions and certain additional things, you do need to pay. But I don't believe that those fees are extortionate. They are not extremely high. If I compare that to Spain, Spain, I believe, does have a... Um, national healthcare system which is free. Uh, you obviously pay from your social security contributions into that which helps to fund it. In Germany the system is completely different. Me being self-employed I need to have some sort of private healthcare coverage and that is very very expensive. As far as I'm aware it depends upon how much I earn I remember a figure of around 18% of my earnings is paid towards healthcare. If you work for a company, then they would match your contribution. So you would pay 50% and I believe the company would pay 50% as well, which obviously helps. Um, as a self-employed entrepreneur, it is very costly, uh, but that is the how, how the system works in Germany and there's nothing you can do about it. Cost of living. Cost of living, we know that there is a cost of living crisis at the moment, isn't there? And things are going up and up and up. But let me tell you about a couple of things which are essential when living in the UK. Of course, these costs will widely vary depending on where in the country you choose to settle. Setting up a new life in London, for example, will generally cost significantly more than other reasons, than other regions, forgive me, for many, for obvious reasons. I would say that it can be very useful to sit down and make a list of your expected monthly outgoings so you can budget yourself accordingly. Factors to take into account include your rent or your mortgage payments, your utility bills, which includes your internet and phone bills, your council tax payments, your food costs, transportation costs, socialising and entertainment costs, and how much money you might want or need to send back to loved ones at home, if that's your case. Food costs could vary dramatically. We have a number of different supermarkets in the UK, from 
Asda, Sainsbury's, Tesco, to Aldi and Lidl. And then we have Waitrose, Marks and Spencer and other food halls. The Waitrose and Marks and Spencer options are the premium options. You're going to be paying much more than if you do your weekly shop in Asda or Morrison's, for instance. So you need to take those factors into consideration and shop around. The same is for your phone and internet bills. We have a number of different options from 3 to Vodafone, O2, I believe, and also some more budget options as well. So you can really shop around. Finding accommodation is can be a nightmare. You know, London is jam-packed, full of people from all over the world, so you are paying a premium for your accommodation, and most young people find it difficult to even pay for a room in an apartment, let alone to get an apartment for themselves. So be careful about where you choose to live. Um, of course, the good news is that you can get a head start from your home country, thanks to the wide variety of property listings available online. These include individual estate agents, which list their latest rental properties on their own websites. Uh, but you can also find uh, other websites which pull in listings from a whole range of agents. You can obviously filter your searches according to how much you can afford per month and what kind of property you'd like. A studio or bedsit, for example, or a room in a shared house. If you're coming to the UK as an international student, you may also be able to contact the college or university about halls of residence accommodation and approved lists of student-friendly landlords. Transportation in the UK. You might have heard quite a lot about many strikes that have been happening on our train, train lines um, and also even in buses. So we have had many disruptions in recent months. Um, but the good news is that we do have a very good transportation network, um, which is great news if you don't expect to have your own car. Virtually every city, town and village will have buses operating and you can use many different apps normally to track live timetables so that you're aware of when the next bus is going to come. Of course, in a train station, you have the live train boards and you can find the train timetables online as well. We have a very wide-ranging train network, although train tickets can be pretty pricey. I have known for train tickets from London to Birmingham, London to Liverpool and London to Manchester to cost much more than a flight, which does not really lead into the eco-future that governments are trying to push, but that's another story. Coaches will usually make a more cost-effective alternative for longer-distance journeys, um, and the capital city, London, is also served by the London Underground network of trains, known usually or casually as the Tube. The, this can be often the fastest way to navigate your way through this sprawling city. As we mentioned before, it's very important to factor in the transportation costs uh, for your living expenses because they can vary dramatically. Um, General things to know, which we can touch upon, um, the country is fairly densely populated, even though it's rather small. The distance between the northern extremity of John O'Groats and the southern tip of Land's End is a modest 874 miles. The United Kingdom and Great Britain are not the same thing. The UK is a sovereign state that encompasses England, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland. 
On the other hand, Great Britain refers only to the main island of the British Isles and its associated smaller islands and does not include Northern Ireland. You should brace yourself for a whole range of different, accent, different regional accents across the UK, not to mention different words and phrases which are used depending on where you are. A Welsh person, a Scottish person, an Irish person, Northern Irish per Irish person, excuse me, um, and many, many people from all over the, the area use different words. And so familiarising yourself with the slang and the vocabulary is crucially important to fitting in and to understanding what people are saying. Many Brits refer to dinner as tea or supper, which is an important bit of jargon to bear in mind to avoid unexpected confusion. Those are my points to mention and to touch upon for moving to the UK and what you need to know. Let me know everybody, were those points interesting for you? Did you know all of them or was it, did it come as a bit of a surprise? And how can we compare these points to points in your home country? Thank you so much for listening everybody. This episode was slightly longer than usual but very enjoyable and I hope, I hope very informative. Have a lovely rest of the day wherever you are. I look forward to hearing from you and for you visiting and joining in the next one. Bye for now.